Welcome to the Brunton Bugle, a podcast focusing on the trials and tribulations of Carl United Football Club. From Joanne Yinser to Alf Ackerman and Johan Smith to Cornelius Sullivan, we've got it covered. This is episode 19 and today we're going to be looking back at the excellent 3-2 mid-one week, uh, midweek win over league leaders Newport County, previewing the FA Cup first round tie against Hazen Yeti United this weekend and looking back at some of our favourite um, memorable first round ties um, and also the usual look back at what ex United players have been getting up to all over the world. As a usual, I'm joined by a co-host in the episode, and it's Dan McLennan. Dan, how's it going? Yeah, not bad, mate. Not bad at all. Did you like the the names that were thrown out there in the intro there? Yeah, I'm just trying to work them out. Which was, there's, there's obviously a link, isn't there's, there? There's zero link. I literally... Yeah, just, I was, <laughs> you know, the only one in there is John Yinter played for uh, Hazen Yedding, of course. Yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll get on to that later. Um, Alf Ackerman, just because... He's got an A in his name and it rhymes and it's nice to hear the name. Um, <laughs> and two S's. And the other two, the S with the S's. And I just wanted to mention Johan. I'd saw him on Instagram the other day and I thought, why not give him a shout out? <laughs> Good old USA. And uh, I just like the name Cornelius Sullivan. Yeah. It's brilliant. He played in the 1930s for us. So no, not a recent one, let's put it that way anyway. No, certainly not. No, definitely not. Okay, let's get straight into the episode then, Dan. Uh, first up is the news. And for this one, we're going to start with the FA Youth Cup game that took place yesterday, uh, as we're recording that is, of course. Uh, so United are through to round two after a 3-2 win over, a, I'd say, a very spirited Chester side on Wednesday night. Um, if anyone didn't catch it, you could actually watch it live on the club's YouTube stream. I think that was using the equipment, Dan, wasn't it, that CUSG uh, bought for the club, didn't they? Yes, uh, CUSG donated some of the money that's been raised uh it was in the summer originally. Uh, it was to hopefully stream some of the friendlies. As it was, it wasn't possible for various, you know, back-end reasons. But uh, now they've, uh, they've been able to stream the Youth Cup game. And apparently uh, it's to do with... They can only stream it with people who are Red Zone accredited to operate Yeah, it, this apparently. is one of the issues around there. Yeah. It's easier on a match day, I guess, maybe, because... You know, you've got your regular cameramen coming anyway to cover the game, but for this one, I think David Wilkes actually did the camera work for it. And I'm, to be fair, I'm guessing as someone who's been involved in setups quite well, he's probably had to do a bit of filming of games as well in terms yeah, of recording, uh, so they can analyse stuff. And I know they also the the film a lot of the training sessions now uh, yeah. with some other some equipment that I think uh, the London branch yes. contributed yeah. towards. Uh, so yeah, so it makes sense. It was uh, Andy Hall and Wilkes. He, chipping in every now and then with the commentary it was a nice lesson actually I enjoyed it really good to see the young lads play because I, I haven't really got up last much in the last couple of years to watch them and it, it I have to say um played some really good football quite reminiscent of the way the first team plays very strong press on them Lewis Bell unsurprisingly impressed you'd expect that with someone who's already been given a two-year deal for the first team but actually I have to say um Sam Fishburne Ryan Swells Charlie Watt and Max Killsby all caught my eye too um Sam Fishburne, especially, he's, he's a big lad for a striker. I think he must be about six foot five, and he's only sixteen. So there's every chance he's probably going to get a bit bigger as well. Very sort of reminiscent of like a Mark Beck, I think. But it's, it's probably more Mark Beck than Gary Medine, definitely. But he's definitely got a bit about him, and I think he's he's got a decent chance. And the other lads are more sort of attacking midfielders and wingers, and Killsby the left back. But they all look really comfortable and. You know, I think the last few years with Kinder coming back in, I know there's a lot of good work that Edmondson did before that as well, but it does look like we've got a few that are going to come through, doesn't it, Dan? Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, David Holdsworth spoke quite a lot about wanting to bring young lads through, and, you know, I think uh, we're starting to show to these young lads that, you know, if you put the work in in your ITS years, you've got, you've got a good chance of a deal and pushing on, you know, the chance is there for these lads, and obviously someone like Lewis Bell, he'll he'll be the prime example in in the in the group at the moment. That you know, if if you've got the talent and the dedication, the chance is there. 
Absolutely. So goals actually came from Charlie Watt, Adam Walton and Ryan Swells. I have to say the first goal, if, if, if the club haven't put the highlights up yet, but I'm sure they will. I uh, think I think they are up now on excellent. YouTube. They've got yeah. them up. Go and watch them because the, the, the through ball from, from Swales to Watt for the first goal was fantastic. Colin Guy would have been proud of that one for the first team. That's how good it was. So definitely give them a watch. And uh, second round draw hasn't taken place yet. It's weird because the FA Youth Cup, Dan, don't they usually do quite a few of the draws in advance, don't they, for that? Yeah, I mean, but obviously, there's not like a set date for games. They normally do a draw and then say to be played by. Yes. Uh, I've noticed a lot of teams have had their games this week, so I assume the to be played by date is probably probably well, today, for I, example. I had a look at that, and actually the t- to play by date was the 2nd of November. But I think with coronavirus and what yeah, has happened, be, be there's a been a lot because there's more leeway because the second round is due to be played by the 16th of November, yeah. and I can't see that happening if they haven't even made the draw yet. And especially yeah. with the lockdown as well, they may have to delay that a little bit further. Yeah. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if if they made the draw maybe tomorrow. Yeah, well, I mean, last season's competition was only completed at the weekend, wasn't it? Yeah, and Man City won it, didn't they? With uh, yeah. uh, Liam Delap, I think, scoring the final for them. So yeah, second round draw yet to take place, but once we know. We'll update on that. Hopefully it'll be another home time. A chance to watch some live on the YouTube stream again would be well worth it if we can. Uh, the only other bit of news, Dan, is that obviously the club's had to go into lockdown like everyone else today, haven't they? So um, just a few bits of news there. I think I've got all of them here. So ticket office is currently closed and the blue store on Warwick Road is shut, but the website is still open for business, but they're only going to be delivering on Mondays and Thursdays. I think that's probably because... The, the staff, I would imagine, would be furloughed as well. So yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a case of delivering when they can there. So if you are yeah. ordering anything for your kids, for instance, for Christmas or anything, please be patient with them and make sure you order well in advance and then get them to you. Yeah, I was going to say, prob- probably get, get it ordered as soon as possible to make sure. Yeah, to give yourself the best chance. Uh, and I think that's the news, isn't it, Dan? I think, rounded up. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty quiet otherwise. Yeah, it's one of these things, games are coming thick and fast at the moment, so there's not really much yeah. time for any other news, is there? So let's move straight on to the match review one. And uh, I think we have to say best performance of the season so far, probably, against Newport uh, County. So 3-2 win with goals from Alessandra, a couple of belters from Mellish. Uh, Devitt, <laughs> no shock there. Get your drinks up for that one. Um, scoring for Newport and uh, Sheehan in injury time. But we never really looked like we were going to let well, a third you, in, did we? You just said it was probably the best we've played this season. I'm going to counter that with it was the best first 84 minutes we've played this season. Yeah, the last because, last six minutes know. were a bit shaky. Yeah, but, yeah. But, but I mean, yeah, I, it leaves us fifth in the table after eleven games with twenty points and a plus three goal difference. Currently five points behind first place, which is still Newport, and one point behind third place Forest Green Rovers. It's weird because since the Morgan game, we lost against Exeter, but actually the position where we are in terms of off top and off third place hasn't changed at all. In that last week, no, so it shows it's, how tight it is. It, it is very. I was just about to say it's very, very tight at the top at the moment. I'm just looking now, and you've got Newport 25, Cambridge 23, and Forest Green 21, and down to Walsall in 12th on 16th. And I think it's Port Vale, Salford, and Colchester all have a game in hand. So, it, when the games are coming this thick and fast, it's pretty much impossible to win every one, isn't it? And I think I think you'll find certainly up until the new year, I can see it being quite a tight pack before it eases off slightly and the sort of the cream rises to the top. Yep, yep. It, it's it's weirdly easy because I think everyone expected Bolton and Salford to run away with it a bit, but Salford are doing okay and they've got a new manager down, Richie Wellens. But Bolton are really struggling, aren't they? It's it's, it's quite a bit of a surprise. Then you know I know Everett's been speaking today, their manager Ian Everett. And he's made a big point about, oh, we've had a big squad turnover and it's tough. And I think a few people on Twitter point out to him, well, Carlisle have had just a big, if not bigger, squad turnover and look how well they're doing. So, it's, you know, you, you might look at it as being disruptive, but it's worked well for us, hasn't it? Yeah, definitely. Uh, was it Experimental361 on Twitter? A uh, lad called Ben Mayhew. He yeah. uh, he does a lot of graphics that we sometimes retweet through the uh, forum Twitter account. And, he he made a comment about uh, despite our large turnover, the stats are showing that it's working for us. Yeah. In term in terms of shots attacking defensively, so 
Yeah, it's, yeah. it's all working out quite well. So I, mean, I was quite surprised how poor Newport were. I expected bigger things from them, I think, in the first half, especially. Second half, they went a little bit more direct. They brought Proctor on in. Uh, Devitt played okay for them. He played one particularly good through ball, but he was fairly quiet, to be honest. But I thought Proctor made a difference, didn't he? He was a bit of a, a target for them. I, I always think our fan base gave Proctor a bit of a bad press, undeservedly, from when he was here with us the other year. Mm. Because he's... He's not the sort of striker who's going to go out and score lots of goals, but he's going to make a lot. He's like he's like a Derek Holmes type, isn't he? You know, he's he's big, he holds it up, and he creates for others. And when you actually look back at his time here, he actually assisted about half a dozen goals. Hmm. You know, and I, I just think our fan base, the sort of, oh, he was rubbish, he didn't really score many goals, but yeah, he never, but... He created quite a few. Yeah, I have to say on, on on the last episode with Mike, I did say similar about Proctor. I wasn't 100% convinced by him when he came in. I think my biggest problem was he came in and the rumours were he was on up to about four grand a week yeah, when we yeah. signed him. And in terms of value for money, it was not value for money. And we, we knew he had a particularly poor injury record at the time as well. Yeah. As well as that. Yeah, he, he did set up a few chances, but... Is that the kind of striker we really needed at that point? We'd, we'd lost Wyke, well, who was a goal scorer, and yeah, he just didn't yeah. fill that gap, did he? That's the problem, yeah. I think. So, But that's yeah. all in the past anyway. So. Indeed it is, indeed it is. So, yeah, they, they looked better after the break, Newport, but we, we still we still hit them on the on the counter a couple of times. And I have to give credit to their manager, actually, Mike Flynn. It's nice, actually, a manager come out and say after the game, best side won. No arguments there. Yeah, they were good. Yeah. They were a good team. We didn't there, really there turn was, up. There but... was no excuses about the uh, the slope of the pitch. Yeah, like Derek like Adams and Morgan, because I've I've never heard that excuse in my so in my life. The flattest flattest pitch in the country. Yeah, yeah. There, there, there is there is a very slight slope, but it's it's certainly not. You're never going to get a perfectly flat pitch anywhere. No, no. Just the way For it draining is. reasons. You know. Exactly. So. So yeah, yeah, just absolutely rotty was talking. But yeah, yeah it, it was nice to hear the manager come out with that. And, and to be fair, second half, they did look a decent side and they, they've got a few decent players in there. And, they'll, and, they'll be up there. They'll oh, be yeah. up there. With, with the players, the players they've got, they'll be up there. And definitely, definitely. So let's get on to the main talking points then, Dan, about for this game. Um, first one I've picked out here, I think we both agree on this one, it's the main guy. Can, can, I, can I just say, I'm, I'm looking at... I'll, just to explain to everyone, Lee sends me a running order over uh, via email which I'm looking at on my phone while I record, and he's made some uh, headlines for the talking points, and Christ, these are terrible this week. <laughs> <laughs> they are. Yeah, they are indeed. First one up, yeah, so obviously it's the main guy was the headline for this one, so so all the talk, rightly, is about Melish, and we will discuss him again in a minute, grabbing his seventh and eighth goals of the season. But once again, Callum Guy was the one who dominated this game, didn't he? He was winning the ball, dictating play, leading by experience, I'm going to make a bold statement here, Dan. I think he is the best midfielder in the division right now. It, it's, it's difficult to judge, obviously, because I don't get to see every other team. I try and watch the Quest highlights and see as much of the teams as possible. But the way he's playing, it's it's baffling that he hasn't really got in the team of the week more often. I know they do it on certain stats in particular, but he's been outstanding this season, hasn't he? I, I wonder if it's maybe his lack of goals that counts against him. But I'd, I'd rather he wasn't in the team of the week every week. Because if it was, there'd be more and more people noticing him. It's true. And uh, as it's bonfire night, I'm just going to say that, like another guy, he's, he's just delivering fireworks at the moment, isn't he? Sorry, that's terrible. That's terrible. There you go. There you go. I've had that saved up ready for, for a joke based on the fireworks tonight. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it, I agree with you there. It's nice that he's sort of going a little bit under the radar with the team. So I think our fans are really starting to appreciate the way he plays. He's... There was a couple of times in, last night when their players won the ball, but within seconds he was right onto them and they just didn't seem to know he was coming from behind them and he, he nicked the ball. And the fact that we've got a South African international in our squad and he can't get in the team ahead of him and Mellish and Riley right now is testament to how well those three are playing, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Uh, obviously, Riley, Riley stepped up and Riley himself, he's sort of been uh, the underrated one of the trio, hasn't he? You know, he's... He's just gone about his business. He links up well with uh, Tanner, mm. and he, he provides good support for when Mellish does go forward. You know, and he's got a little bit of quality about him, hasn't he? He was unlucky yeah, enough to score a brilliant goal yeah, you, towards the end of the first half. It does sound a bit cheesy, but you can tell a couple of these lads have been at an academy like Man United and mm. the way they play, little parts of the play. Yeah, 
it's, it's one of the ones I know, I know that um, Mike compared him to James Barrett quite recently and I, I'm a ardent fa- uh, member of the James Barrett fan club probably the only member um, but I think Bez was a little bit und- underappreciated when he was with us he was a clever little play link up play well he, he played in Huddersfield at an academy there that encourages players to do that and I think Riley obviously played at a higher level in terms of academy play you, you can see a little bit about that with him can't yeah, you yeah, cute definitely. little bit of play and he's, yeah. he's clever he links the play well and I think having a run of games has been just as important for Riley to be honest because you know he's had that bad injury in the past yeah well, he's, he's, not, games, he's not had that helped. much football has he you know prior no. to coming here and yeah he probably was a bit of a gamble and given the schedule at the moment there's probably going to be a little period where he does start to feel it and that's maybe where Thurman will drop back into the team to give Riley a little rest so he doesn't overdo it but it, it's good to have these options at the moment you know yeah. like I said the three, the three who are playing at the moment are playing well and we've got Furman sat on the bench ready to step in as and when needed. So, yeah. so, I, think, so I think we both agree that the only thing that Guy really needs to add to his game at the moment is goals. But yeah. at the same time, it's not his prime purpose for being in the team. Not, so not, not, not too concerned that he hasn't scored. It's one of the ones that fans will love it when he does score. Yeah, yeah. Uh, similar to like what Chris Billy in the way that in the championship season. Okay, next one up, Relish the Mellish. That's terrible. I know, it's awful, isn't it? There is absolutely no way we can go with one of these main talking points of a game at the moment, especially home games, and not talk about John Mellish. It's incredible, the turnaround from that Scunthorpe game, where I think both me, you and Mike all agreed it's probably the right time to take him out of the team and give him a bit of a you know breather and take the pressure off him. But full credit to Chris Beach sticking by him and believing in him. He's being proved totally wrong, isn't he? I mean, both goals were excellent. The first one, keeper's expecting to go across him, isn't he? He's just powered yeah, into the yeah. top corner. I, I don't know if uh, you've seen it, but uh, the club applauded the GoPro Yes, I have. Yeah. And you can just see it moving away, can't you? Mm. The first one. It just yeah. And you know what? Lovely. I'd say the second one's just as good a finish. It's a clever little finish with his right foot. He just, yeah. sort of, he it was, was, it was, a, it, it was but... a brilliant run to, to continue oh. the run. After Keodi, wasn't it? Yeah. And it was a lovely through ball through as well, you know. I mean, it, was, and, it was a lovely move, full stop. I mean, Anderton's little flick, uh, sorry, Anderton, uh, Alessandra's yeah, yeah. flick over the defender when we were. Because that come from, was it a corner for them? I, I can't remember. It was a corner, yeah. yeah. But Al- Alessandra's flick set it off and bang, 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 it's in the back yeah. of the net. Well, when you get it to Coyote, and if you watch the, the YouTube the YouTube highlights back, there's three players bombing on. You've got Mellish, Riley, Joe, that is, and Anderton coming over the other side. Yeah. And their defence just didn't know what to do. And that gave yeah. Mellish the space, didn't it, to get in there. Yeah, and yeah. Obviously on his weaker right foot, but he almost, he almost slices across it. But I, th- I think it's a measured, clever finish, that, to be fair. Yeah. Um, Lummy made a really good point, actually, about um, Mellish. Do you think there's a little bit of snobbery of people watching him thinking, oh, he's not particularly polished midfield, he's not like a, you know, a Joe Riley, who's obviously been brought up in the Man United Academy, he's got these nice touches and have a bit of play he's a bit more rough and ready isn't he do you think teams sort of under, underestimate him thinking he's had a couple of goals but he, you know he can't keep that run going almost yeah I mean the rough and ready sort of lends itself to league two as well doesn't it you know yes yeah. you know if, if we had a midfield completely of polished players we'd probably get overrun now and again and mm-hmm. don't, don't get me wrong there still is the odd time where he makes a wrong run or he is out of position but he's learning every game and He's definitely getting better, isn't he? I, yeah, I, I, yeah. I would have said on Tuesday night, before he scored his goal, I thought he was having probably his best general midfield performance since he's moved there. In terms of just knowing when to make a pass and when to make a run and do stuff like that. He didn't make any silly mistakes. He was making all the right passes. Even before he scored the goal, I thought, this is a good performance. I mean, he, he's settling into this role now. And yeah, you can yeah. see he's getting confidence from... The goals obviously giving him a lift as much as anything. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. definitely. Yeah. Next up, so waiting game for Tory. Uh, this is a question from Mark Whitfield, who posted this on the Be Just and Fear Not Facebook group. Thanks, Mark, for your question. I'm sort of paraphrasing his question here a little bit, obviously, but after putting in probably the most complete team performance of the season without him, will Tory have a, to be a bit patient to get back in the team? Gavin Riley's had two league starts now. Well, he's made a real positive impact in both those games. Should he maybe get a little bit of run in the side? Uh, well, they always say, 
don't change a winning team, don't they? And obviously, two days, he got a free match ban, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, so he's out for a couple more. Riley's all-round play, if he, if he gets a goal, which I think he's deserved in his two games, I think there's more to come from him. You know, you've got to remember, he's only been coming off the bench in general. So he's probably just that little step behind in terms of complete match fitness. I think he's similar to Mellish in that I think a goal would just do his confidence. Yeah, I think yeah. he was unlucky on Tuesday night. I think there's this one where he, he he tried to flick a header and he, I think it was going wide, but he didn't really have time to react. And yeah, that left foot, the left-footed one at the end of the first half wasn't a particularly easy chance, I don't think. that was He had to take it pretty quickly. I think once one goes in, yeah, you might find he scores and a couple in that the, game. The, the shots he's getting away, they're, they're close. Eh? You know, they're, they're not... Five, oh, no, he's not banging them miles wide. No, no definitely no. not. He's, he's, yeah, once he gets one, he'll get more. So, I, I think this weekend's game is probably as good a chance as any he'll get to get off the mark, isn't it? Against a, yeah, a southern lead side, he should really be. That's why he should be looking to take his chance. I think, and yeah. I, I'd imagine he probably will be involved. And I can't see him being. You, you've got team. to remember, Amari Patrick's uh, obviously back. And he'll be thinking himself that he maybe deserves a game, you know. Well, he had a positive impact when he came on, didn't he? He's, he's got a bit of pace and power. I know there was another question. Sorry, I didn't actually include this in the running order, but someone saying, is he like our you know, Traore who plays for Yes, I saw Wolves, that. Yeah, coming yeah. off the bench, a bit of pace and power and running at yeah. teams. And they did look scared of him, didn't they? And he, yeah. And I mean, I've said this before. He's a bit more direct than Toure, isn't he? In that he doesn't really wait. He doesn't basically take his time. Toure basically... Wants that extra yard, doesn't he? He slows the game down quite a lot to try and create the opportunity. Patrick is just bang. I'm going to go at you. I'm going to go at you. I'm going to try and get my shot away. And I think he's a little bit more acclimatised to League Two than Toure is, isn't he? I also think it's starting to show what sort of options we've got in the final third. Because if we're chasing a game, we can have Amari Patrick on running at them, scaring them. If we need to slow it down to wind the clock down. Two days ideal for that because yeah. give him the ball and he just wanders where he wants with it, doesn't he? You know, and, and Coyote showed that he can play not just as a central yeah. striker. Yeah, he can play a wide. I think his last couple of games playing in a wide position. I think he's been excellent. He generally got in the league two team of the week and the EFL team of the midweek. Yeah. Didn't he? It shows and, uh, you know people appreciate his performances. We've still got Brennan Dickinson to come back into the fold as well. We've got some real strong options up front. And I, 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 th- I think our forward options could be the key to the season because you'll obviously have your starting free and if it's not clicking for them in a certain game you've got you've got we're gonna have the options on the bench ready to come on and see if they can work yeah. something you know it's yeah. not a bad position to be in not at all not at all briefly before i go on to the last point i've got to give a, a mention to poor mika obiero Poor lad, he he must have thought he was on for his first league goal. He did, he did brilliantly, didn't he? And I think he gets clipped, doesn't he? And I think he's yeah, desperately yeah. trying to stay on his feet. Does brilliantly to get around the keeper and then just... <laughs> I'm not sure he even scuffs the shot, does he? He, yeah. he just he just looked absolutely gutted, didn't he? But he ran the clock down a bit more. and Shows again he's got a little bit about him as well and he might be a, a good option over the next yeah. couple of months to bring off the bench. So... So yeah, um, the last question I'm gonna, we're going to pick up. Thank you for everyone's questions, by the way, on the Be Justin Fearnock group. Can't include them all because we've obviously struggled for time, but we, we do really appreciate them. We try and get them discussed where we can. So Chris Gibson, who's one of the moderators on the group, this is not us currying favour at all, sign him up, this one. So with so many players looking settled and putting in great performances, is it time to get a few more of the squads settled onto longer deals? Well, I, 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 I tweeted after the game on Tuesday that... Callum Guy should be in the office straight away. Just give him two and a half years with an option. It's, well, he's worth a gamble, isn't he? I'd, I'd straight away. I'd get both him and Hayden down on long, yeah, longer deals. Yeah. I know I mentioned well, about, we, about... We, we, we've heard that Hayden's been watched, haven't we? Yeah, we've heard there's whispers going around that bigger clubs are watching him. And that doesn't surprise me. I know I, know I said Guy potentially is one of the best midfielders in the division, but I'd, I'd say Hayden easily one of the best centre-backs. I'm, right I'm just thinking Guy signed January on an 18-month, didn't he? Yeah, so he'd be the end of this season. So I'd, I'd, I'd be very surprised if we got to Christmas without him getting a new offer. I won't be surprised if there was an option in that deal yeah. as well, though, possibly. so. Possibly, possibly. We Generally, for the younger players especially, we put options into their deals yeah, right now. Yeah. So 
it's, it's one of those ones. But yeah, I think Hayden's been outstanding as well recently. I think he, the way he's playing and and and, comp, and someone actually did point this out on the the group as well that McDonald is really complimenting him quite well. I mean, there's an argument yeah. of the, of the defence. He'd probably be the one to come out if you wanted to make a change there because he's he's made a couple of mistakes on goals possibly. But I think it's maybe a little harsh because what Hayden does, Hayden sort of aggressively attacks the ball, doesn't he? He goes out there and faces up to the players. McDonald's switched on enough to just drop a little bit deeper and sweep behind and pick up the ball and his distribution's improving a lot as well. He, he's, the way he's spreading play as well and playing the long balls forward makes a big difference. So a little bit of credit to McDonald's as well. I think we need to give him a little yeah, bit of shout yeah. out too. But yeah, I think Guy and Hayden definitely are two I would be already looking to get them sorted on longer deals. Yeah, definitely. Right now. Definitely. Right now. I think that's everything from the... Uh, Newport game, isn't it, Dan? I don't think there's anything yeah, else you want to much. discuss there. I think, like we said, great result. Nice little break for a 10 days or so for the before the league comes back against Cheltenham. That's going to be a tough game, isn't it? I think uh, another team that we'd expect to be right up there this season, but good chance to test ourselves in a week on Saturday for that one. So, yeah, that's, that's all that covered, Dan. So I think we'll take a, a little break now uh, and we'll be back shortly and we'll be discussing the FA Cup game against Hazen Yenning and also looking at some of our favourite FA Cup first round memories. Back in a sec. Welcome back, everyone, and we're into part two now where we're going to be looking ahead to our first FA Cup game of the season. Now, firstly, let's look back at a few classic and not-so-classic first-round ties that United have faced in the past. So let's have some FA Cup first-round facts, particularly involving us and non-league teams, Dan. So I haven't had time to go back into the top, you know, the, the early annals of uh, United <laughs> in the FA Cup. It would have taken me forever to put something together. So what I've done is I've looked at the last 40 years, so back to 1980, Um so our record against non-league clubs in the first round of the last four years is actually pretty good. I yeah, probably yeah. probably jinxed it with saying that now, so <laughs> yeah. typical. Um, so in the last 40 years, we faced non-league sides on 16 occasions at this stage of the competition. So I'm not looking at second round ties here, just the first round. So it doesn't include the Welling United game, for instance. Um, so we faced them 16 times and we've only lost twice. Uh, and I'm sure you'll know which ones those are done. Well, Macclesfield in 87. Do we have to say the name again? Ilkeston in 99. Did you go to the Ilkeston game? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, those games against Macclesfield and Ilkeston uh, live long in the memory for all the wrong reasons. The Macclesfield one, that, that was, was that one on Match of the Day, possibly, I seem to remember? The BBC had the highlights back then or something. It was, when was it, 87? Um uh, there is YouTube footage of it somewhere. I think the, the Telford the Telford game wasn't it? We'll we'll mention that briefly. Yeah. It? But um. But yeah, I think was that one possibly marred by crowd trouble as well? I think the Macclesfield. Yeah, yeah, there was. Yeah. 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 Um. But yeah, Ilkeston obviously famously the game where Barry Thompson played in goal is one game for us. One of the one game wonders we discussed in the special episode. So yeah. Um, played, so we've only played lo- a strong word. Yes. Yeah. So we've, so we've only lost twice. I mentioned there. Workington, Telford, Barnet, Grays Athletic and Boreham Wood have all taken us to replays during that period. Uh, but we've beaten Knowsley, that game was held at Everton, Geisley, which was held at Bradford, Shepshed Dynamo, Woking, Tipton Town, Alfreton Town, Ebsley United, St Albans City and Dulwich Hamlet at the first attempt at this stage of the competition. So quite, quite a few names that roll off the tongue there, Dan, isn't there? Yeah, I, I remember <laughs> uh, the Grays Athletic game. Was the first replay not uh, abandoned due to floodlight failure? No, I don't think it was the... Was it the replay? No, in fact, you're right, it was the replay. I do apologise. The first yeah. game, they were 1-0 up from quite early on. And I think it was Gary Medine, one of his first senior goals he scored. Um, quite late on, I think like 85th minute or something. Yeah, yeah. Saved us from getting beaten that game. Would have been quite embarrassing. But yeah, you're right. The first one was, was played midweek. And we were losing as well. We were weren't losing we? it, weren't yeah. we? And, and the floodlights fell, and they, I think they managed to get like one floodlight on, and they wanted yeah. to play. There was people in this flats behind the ground, and there were shining lights with torches and stuff to try and help. But I think the referee said, "You, you can't play with one light; it's just yeah, ridiculous." No, so no. he was called off, and the game was actually played in the end on second round day, I think, wasn't it? That's right. Yeah, it was yeah. on Saturday, wasn't it? Yeah. Mm. 
So yeah, that was that one. I think was that the season we got through to play Everton in the third round. I think it might have been. Oh, as you can see, we're well prepared as usual. No, no, I'll, I'll, have to, I'll have to check that one back at some point. But um, but yeah, uh, so th- that was yeah, that was a, an interesting one. That Gray's one, wasn't it? Um, of the others, two thousand and eight. Two thousand eight. You're right. Well, I've, I've actually yeah. got it up here, so I'll tell you. Uh, no, we lost a crew in the next round too. No, yeah. in fact, we lost a crew, and that game was the game after which Greg was given the job full time. Greg Abbott. Yeah, yeah. That's what it was because uh, I think he was in caretaker charge for the Greys game, uh, the one one original game. So yeah, looking at some of the other ones. So, uh, so Workington's before both of our times, isn't it? Um, I was alive, but I, I think yeah. I was two year old or something. Yeah. yeah so that was in nineteen eighty. Workington had only been out of the league for three years at that point, actually. Um, Peter Beardsley scored twice in the replay. I think it was 4-1 at Brunson Park that game finished. In front of, I think, 8,000 fans that day. It just shows, you know, good. imagine if we got them in the first round now, it would be incredible, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. Obviously, Telford, you mentioned before, I think you just about started going to games at that point. Yeah, uh, late, late-ish 80s, wasn't it, Telford? Yeah. Funny enough, I was watching the highlights uh, from those games the the first game and the replay quite recently because i was um i was look, trying to find another goal for some reason i can't remember it was and i've got i've got a file that has the whole of that season's highlights i think there was two quite bad red cards well in fact there was a bad red card in the first game i think for a bad tackle possibly on Derek walsh it might be for Derek's time so i apologize if i've got this wrong but the second game uh, which we won for one i think it was their keeper got sent off and i don't think they had a sub keeper so they had to put an outfield player in nets, I think, for the second half. That, that, see, stuff like that just doesn't happen now, does it? No. No, it's a real shame, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. How dare they give us all these extra subs and back in the day you have to throw an outfield player in. It's a shame, though, isn't it? So, yeah, the Telford game, obviously, before our time. Barnet, interestingly, that was sort of one of those games where they were in between their spells in the league when they were quite a yo-yo side, weren't they? Um, yeah, yeah, they had a few years like that. Yeah, uh, obviously you mentioned the Greys one and the Borenwood one will forever remain in the memory for... Various reasons. Yeah. Um, but, uh, kettles. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm just looking at the teams we've beaten as well. Norsley at Everton was a great day out. Uh, early 90s. Uh, the one annoying thing is there's video footage of that on YouTube and it looks like it was filmed on a, a reflective... <laughs> the, it just isn't... The, the footage isn't brilliant. Yeah, but, you go uh, back to those, some of those games, the footage is particularly poor, yeah, isn't and it? Yeah. Again, when we played Geisley and it was moved to uh, Bradford, uh, quite a famous memory for a lot of fans is uh, all the buses came for a stop outside and there was a, a Sunday League game going on and all of a sudden about 500 Carlisle fans were watching it on the line. And <laughs> Imagine that. And, you know, hung, hung over Division 5 of the Bradford District Sunday League or something and... <laughs> 500 Carlisle fans shouted at them. Dog and duck against the King's Head thing. What the yeah. hell's going on here? You're mad, though, isn't yeah. it? But that was so famous because um, Geisley is one of the clubs that Dean Warren played for, didn't he? So he played yeah. against his former club that yeah. day. We'll put the YouTube highlights up for that, actually, because I think someone stuck yeah. them up today, didn't they? Chef Shed Dynamo. I think it was 6-0. I think that one featured a match of the day, didn't it? I think possibly. Yeah. Yeah. I think there was a couple of particularly spectacular own goals in that game, wasn't there? Yeah, they, 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 were, they, they were just... That was one of them when you play a non-league team and they're just out the depth. You know, I think they, they might be, of the ones we've played in the last 40 years, at least they might be the lowest level one we've played, possibly. Tipton might them, be close. Them and, them and Tipton. Tipton, the yeah. yeah. Tipton, yeah. Obviously, Woking was the first FA Cup first round game I ever went to, actually. I was working this out the other day, because 94, 95, I didn't obviously start going until December that season. Yeah. Um, I went to the third round game against Sunderland, remember that, the replay. Um, and I think, yeah, years after that, the first time i got a chance to go to one because i think they were away from home a lot of them was that game against uh woking when uh both of our heroes done uh ian stevens got four goals that day didn't he so so close to equaling jimmy whitehouse and uh is it mcconnell as well got five goals in yeah, one game I think so yeah. yeah so close imagine if he'd done that he would have been in the the record books forever yeah taking his taking his rightful place i think we both agree there wouldn't we um Definitely. I remember that one because I remember seeing the highlights on Match of the Day. I've not seen them since, but I think Dobie scored a particularly brilliant goal that day. I think it might have been like a, almost like a flick from a corner. It was played in low and he sort of flicked it almost into the top corner with his back yeah. heel. But yeah, Steve-O being devastating against a poor defence. There's a shock there. Tipton Town. I remember this one because I was working at the club at the time. I think 
Gary Medine got a hat trick. Did he score four, actually? I think he might have scored four that day, didn't he, as well? Not 100%. I actually missed this game. Yes. Yeah, I'd... No, I'd, 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 I'd finished work and I had an appointment and it dragged on and yeah. it got to like half three and I was in the middle of town. I'm like, oh, by the time I get down, it's going to be half time. And I was like, and I think someone texted saying, oh, we're three nil up already. I was like, I'm not going down now. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, um, Medine scored four in that game. That's correct. I just had a chance to look it up there and Zoko got two as well. Bless them, Tipton. They, they came up and they were, they were very excited about the game. But I think they were very realistic before the game about their chances of getting anything from it. Um, yeah. Uh, you, you look at the team that day. I'm looking at it now. Colin in Nets. Our defence was Simic. I think Matty Robson playing at left... No, sorry. Peter Murphy left back. In fact, no, I've got this wrong here. Sorry. Simic, Chester, Murphy, Tom Cruise was our back four. Yeah. Um, midfield of Robson, Berrett, Taiwo. Uh, and Ben Marshall on up front, Medina and Zoko. I mean, it's a hell of a strong team when you look back at it now, actually, yeah, isn't it, yeah. really? There you go. And at the others, Alfred and Town, I went to that. I remember going to that one. Again, That will, I think that was ITV had the highlights by this point because we were one of the feature matches, I think. And I remember Rory Lois got a particularly brilliant overhead kick that day, didn't he? I think we were 4-0 yeah, up at half-time yeah. and game was over and they never really threatened, if I'm honest. I just remember it being an absolute nightmare. I had my laptop on my knee for the whole game because they didn't have a press box and... Trying to do the live the live match report for the club that day was a just just thankless task. Um, yeah, Epsilon United. I don't remember this game. I completely forgot we'd played them again. Because obviously they used to be. Um, what were they called when we played them in the conference again? Uh, was it oh, Gravesend and Northfleet? That's the one. Gravesend and Northfleet. They were called in the conference, but this obviously was the re- rebranded club. Um, we won this game four two, but like I said, I just. Do not remember it at all. <laughs> yeah. I think it. I think we played them actually. This was when we got to play Sunderland in the third round, possibly that season. Yeah. I think it was under cover. Goal scorers that day were Dave Simonton, Liam Noble, James Bennett, and Joe Garner. Well, Joe Garner. In fact, it would have been the season before the Sunderland game. I do apologise. So Garner on his second spell with the club. Uh, St Albans. I enjoyed this one. This one was one of the ones that I think was on one of the BBC, similar to this weekend BBC final score, wasn't it? Yeah, the goals yeah. all showed. I, I remember taking uh, my uh, my lovely fiance. She's now uh, Megan to the game. She'll be listening to this probably. Perhaps she she said she listens to the podcast Dan because uh, says I I like it because I can zone out because your voice really really soothing. Don't really care what's said. Like <laughs> that's very kind words there. Really. Is, is that a positive review or not then? <sighs> Somewhere in the middle, I think. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I took her to this game and it was absolutely pissing down. Yeah. Uh, and it was in an open terrace behind the goal. And I remember it turned into it saying something like, to me like, do you really enjoy doing this every week? I'm like, not really, but it gets me out of the house, doesn't it? You know? Yeah, it's just <laughs> get, what we do, isn't it? Get, get, get to see some new places, all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. But yeah, that was a 5-3 win, I think. they bit, bit tight again than we would have hoped that day. Um, and then obviously the final one, Dully Chamwick last season. Um, pretty comfortable win that one. Was, in the end, it was a, there was a lot of worry. performance, wasn't it? I think obviously the the big standout thing wasn't it, it was Jared Branthwaite and how yeah. he just dominated a game like that. And I, 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 mem- I remember seeing him in the tunnel chewing his gum, and you wouldn't think he was a kid. You know, he just he was just no. stood there like, going, "Come on, let's go." You know, and yeah, definitely not. We asked a few people for comments on some of their favourite games, and uh, someone mentioned Oldham away three 0 Carlos Rock and Masterclass against the worst <laughs> Carlos I've ever seen. I, was I say, remember that one. The, the words Carlos Rock and a Masterclass haven't yeah. been put together too so, much. Have so they? obviously, so mentioning the fact that it was three 0 and Carlos Rock and Masterclass gives you gives away that he wasn't playing for Carlisle that day. Yeah, we, yeah, we did lose that one. Um, yeah, yeah uh, obviously, I think someone did mention the St Albans game, and they said obviously it was Regan Thompson says. Carlisle, sorry, said Albans away a few years back. It was my first year at uni. Got the bus at 1am to Carlisle from Manchester. Supporters bus down to Albans. Forgot a jacket. And it, and it, yes, it did have to piss down that day. <laughs> then bus back up. Then a 3am bus back to down to Manchester. I've done those early buses from Manchester to Carlisle before. Fantastic. After an Oasis gig. And oh my word. Those, those National Express buses are not a place to be at that time in the morning. No, I, 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 when I was uh, living and working in London, I, I, I had to mega bus it a couple of times. Sort of, you know, when you have to come up last minute and there's a, the sleeper train's booked up and yeah. the mega bus wasn't brilliant, but it serves yeah. a purpose. Exactly that, exactly that. Uh, Paul Slee obviously mentioned uh, the game at Goodison Park against Nosley United, as you mentioned. Don't exist anymore, Nosley United, I should say. There's no real... The only club in the Heighton area is... There would have been my nearest club, actually, if they still did. 
Um, I think the way they played, one of the grounds they played back then, is just a park now. There's nothing there. There's no evidence they have at a football ground. Right, right. News come to me now is Prescott Cables, who are probably more into St. Helens than Nosley heading that way. Yeah, I mean, they are yeah. just in Nosley. I've, but, I've um, actually got a mate who's a, a big Cables fan. Uh, up the cables, up the cables indeed. We both know uh, Cables photographer, Johnny, I think listens yeah, to this podcast yeah, as well. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, Simon Clarkson there mentioned about the fact that the Grey's floodlights and all that. And the Carlisle fans turn up for the uh, for the rearranged game with miners' lamps on the heads, just in case. And this is a cracking one, because I'd, I'd forgotten about this one as well. Ian Mayer mentions uh, drawing Wigan away for about 20 years on the bounce and losing every single one of them. I think that was the... Um, it was sort of so, late 80s into the early 90s. Yeah. And it just... It was like the balls were paired together in the pot yeah. every every year. And the most annoying thing about that is that we'd kill to draw Wigan away now, wouldn't we? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we've not played them since they moved to the JJB. No, it's no. It's crazy when you think of you know the way things have gone. We've played Sunderland quite a few times since they moved to Stadium of Light and things like that, but we've never played um, against um, Wigan, which is quite frustrating, really. One of those cup games was my first ever away match. Was it? Ah. Yeah. I, was, I think they the were joking, weren't they, about the fact that people used to slide down the big grass bank at Springfield Park and, yeah. and carry bags, do a bit of sledging. Going to go right back into the annals a bit here, Dan. I've got my uh, copy of the complete record open here. Hopefully these stats are correct. Yeah. <laughs> um, but here, here's one for you. Who, who was the first club that Kyle had ever played in the first round of the FA Cup? The first ever? I'll, I'm going to say Workington. Nope, it was Brentford. We played Brentford in 1907. We were, actually, it might have been 1908 because I don't know how the FA Cup rounds worked back then. And we... One, we drew the first game at home 2-2 and then went down to Brentford and won 3-1. Quite a remarkable result because I think they were Southern League and they were quite... Southern League was, while not part of the Football League back then, it was yeah, considered... It was, it was strong because the Football yeah. League was more northern, wasn't it? Exactly. So it was a very strong league, so it was a bit of a surprise result. We then lost 6-2 at Grimsby in the next round. <laughs> Typical Carlisle. Yeah. If you look at some of the early days, I think one of the most famous ones is we played West Ham United in 1909-1910 season. Having beat Mexper Town in the qualifying, we played West Ham United. I think we're a football league team by then, probably. And we drew 1-1 away from home in the first leg. Uh, the first game, sorry. And the replay was due to be played at Brunton Park. But because the club was so skint and apparently on the verge of going bust, potentially, West Ham agreed to let us switch it back to uh, Upton Park. And we got basically got a bigger take of the... Yeah, uh, yeah, the crowd. Uh, they won the rearranged game five 0 No shock, really, because obviously the, the amount of travelling the team would have had to do back then. But uh, uh, West Ham funny. joined the football league in nineteen nineteen. Well, maybe not. Then maybe they were Southern League as well. But again, Southern League, big team. You know, and back then, I mean, Spurs were Southern League, weren't they? Yeah, like, they yeah, won the yeah. FA Cup. So yeah, Spurs, Spurs are the, the the last non-league team to win the FA Cup. Yeah. That's a good uh, quiz question for yeah. if you ever get it. Yeah. Um, go through here through some of the other. Teams who play in the first round, some cracking names here. So we've Chilton Colliery Re- Recreation. We lost to them in the first round. That was in 25-26 when we were non-league as well. That's a great name, isn't it? Brilliant, isn't it? Um, I always love this one whenever I see it. Uh, Yorkshire Amateur. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 3-1 in the first round. But we were football league by then in 1931-32. Uh, Denneby United, uh, 1932-33. We, lost, we beat them 1-0, sorry, in the first round. I mean, some of these might have been non-league. Like Wigan Athletic are listed here, and I think they may be non-league by then. Yeah, at this point. yeah. Um, who else? Who else? North Shields. We played them in the first round in 45-46. Uh, Runcorn in 46-47. And South Liverpool in the next round after that, actually. Yeah, there's, there's, there's quite a few here. Uh, Hena Town, Crook Town, B- Billingham, Spartans, Billingham, Billingham Symphonia. Um, Rill as well. Hena Town, I think, did you mention just them? Just them? Um, yeah. You went to Crocktown there? Sorry, I wasn't paying attention because I was looking at the list myself. Yeah. I think, according to my list, this is the 20th time we've been drawn away to non-league opposition. In the first round, is that I'm guessing? And I, I think it's just in uh, full stop. Oh, full stop, OK. Yeah, yeah, and we've, like you say, we lost to Wilkeston and Macclesfield. And Crocktown famously beat us in 64. Didn't that cost Ivor Powell his job, possibly? Or he, he might, I can't remember, but... Uh, no, in fact, I think it might have been Gravesend and Northfleet losing that game. I think cost Ivor Powell his job, I think, back then. Um, Macklock Town and Stafford Rangers, two of the others that I see here. But yeah, so we've played quite a few different uh, non-league teams down the years. Before we get on to previewing the game, Dan, if you had to pick 
like your perfect like top three first round draws for Carl United, based on what you'd normally expect to be teams in the first round, who would you who would you pick on and why? Dover Athletic to go via France. I've, I've got to say, I've always said this. I, I'm yeah. I'm with you on that one. That's one of mine. Totally agree. Truro City because it's just about probably the furthest we'd ever travel domestically. Again, I'm probably probably agree with that with that one as well. And I was so gutted when that proposed friendly fell through about four years ago. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and the third one, I think it'd be good to play someone like Sheffield FC. You know, a proper yeah. famous name. You know. Absolutely, I'd agree with that. Yeah. Um, if I was going to pick one, I mean, I'd probably go for cables because I wouldn't have to yeah, travel very far as much as anything. But um, but now that, like I said, I agree with you. Something like a Glossop North End or someone like that. And it can't it's be a Glossop North End. Yeah, pointless. That's, that's what it comes back to, isn't it, Dan? Every time. Every time. Okay, well, uh, I think we've, we've rattled on enough about the first round. We, yeah. we, both, we both do love the first round. Well, of the Cup, well, we're we? basically rattling on because we haven't actually got that much info on Hayes and Yedin. Yeah, so this, <laughs> this, this might be finished. But although I've managed to find a little bit of my research. Yeah, a bit, um, a bit. But yeah. So yeah, Dan, I think, I think we'd both agree, wouldn't we, that we, we're, we're both huge fans of the first round of the Cup. I genuinely think it's probably one of my favourite points of the season, isn't it, really? Yeah, favorite yeah weekends cause, Just because, I mean, even if we get, like... <laughs> Peterborough away or you know Lincoln at home or something like that it's still something exciting about it, isn't it and some, that it's thing the FA Cup what's not like to what's not to like about it I don't know? get this whole thing it's lost the magic I think it's still it's yeah the thing is everyone will say it's lost the magic because they all remember the nostalgic days when they were younger I think yeah. it's still got a special thing about it and yeah. you see how much those non-league teams love it when they get to the first round and stuff and there's still upsets happen and you know, hopefully not this weekend but it's, it's such a shame this season isn't it especially for teams like Hayes and Yedding I mean their ground holds 3,000. They would have been getting a capacity crowd for this and you would have had probably 600 Carlisle fans going down to watch it, wouldn't you? And as it is, it's going to be behind closed doors. There's going to be no fans there. And, you know, we're just going to be watching it on a live stream on iPlay. So it's a little bit disappointing, isn't it, really? Yeah. Really, really sad one, that one. Uh, okay, so let's look into the big game. Interesting facts. So we obviously talk about when clubs are formed here, but this one is a pretty new club, isn't it? One of the newest clubs we've played, probably, I think. Um, so... Hayes and Yedding, the club was formed in 2007 from a merger of Hayes Football Club and Yedding Football Club. So Hayes were founded originally, the original club, in 1909 and Yedding were founded in 1960. Currently, they compete in the Southern League Premier Division South, uh, one level below the National League South. And they play their home matches in their 3,000 capacity Beaconsfield Road Stadium in Hayes. Now, Hayes is just north of Heathrow, isn't it, Dan? I think you, yeah, yeah. you probably know that work, part of the world. Yeah, the I know that area quite well. Uh, basically, if you're coming down the A40 into London, uh, Target Roundabout, well known roundabout, as you come in, yeah. you basically head towards Heathrow, and before you get to Heathrow, it's just sort of there. So it's uh, yeah. it would have been a really easy one to reach. Oh, it's annoying because I, I, I lived down that way for one year as well. I lived in Adelston in Surrey. And that's literally about five miles south of Heathrow. Yeah, yeah, so this yeah. would have been pretty much, other than Chertsey Town, would have been the nearest game I could have played. So yeah. bit annoying, to say the least. Uh, that obviously, it's happened now rather than back then. And, and uh, their ground uh, is, is a new stadium. And mm. I, I would say the best way to describe it is uh, fans who go to the Penrith pre-season game, it's basically the same as Penrith, but the stand's longer. Yeah. Yeah. That's the only difference. It's, it's it's one stand and then terracing all the way around. Yeah. It's a purpose-built community facility, isn't it? Perfect, yeah, yeah. perfect for a non-league club that size. Yeah, they've, 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 got a, they've got like a, a 4G training pitch next door, etc. So. Exactly that, exactly that. So this is actually their third time in the FA Cup first round, the, the Hayes and Yedding club, that is obviously. I think I think Yedding played against Newcastle United, didn't they? I think in the 90s, possibly, I seem to remember. I mean, they played at Loftus Road against them, I think, because obviously this was back when non-league clubs were allowed to actually move their games two uh, bigger clubs grounds because to make as much money as they could from it I mean the last team to do that was Farnborough I mean they switched their game to Arsenal didn't they when they played them in the 90s possibly I can't remember yeah, that one Dan yeah. possibly anyway but yeah so obviously I think Yedding have played in against Newcastle I think Hayes might have played a couple of games against league clubs as well uh, but Hayes and Yedding this is their third time in the first round. Uh, they lost 2-1 to Wickham Wanderers in 2010 and 2-0 to Oxford United last season. All three of these games they played in the first round, including ours, have been in home games, interestingly. Um, so, famous players who starred for the previous Hayes and Yelling clubs. There's not really any famous ones that have played for the, for the new one. Uh, 
include Les Ferdinand, who I think he started his career, didn't he, at uh, Hayes FC? Yeah, uh, yeah. Cyril Regis and Jason Roberts. That's, that's, not, that's not a bad front line, well, is it? That's yeah. not a bad trio, that, is it? <laughs> plenty yeah. of goals. Yeah, plenty, definitely. And uh, DJ Campbell played for Yedding. This this is a Belting one. I couldn't believe this I found this This is brilliant, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So also playing for Yedding was Park Kyung Hoon. It was a player who won 94 caps for South Korea and he played at the 1986 and 1990 World Cup. They played most of his career for one club in South Korea. But I don't know how on earth has he ended up playing for Yedding. You know? Yedding. It's baffling, isn't it? Really? There's got to ones. be a back tail to that. We will, yeah. we will investigate further. Yeah, there must have been a job he got maybe working in London or something. And yeah. So he thought, well, I'll just you know, I'll play a bit of football as well while yeah. I'm over here. Bit of a crazy one, that one, isn't it, really? So they are... Hayden are currently 10th place out of 21 teams in the Southern Premier League. Uh, sorry, Southern League Premier Division South with 10 points from seven games. That's two wins, four draws and one defeat. I think their FA Cup runs disrupted them a little bit, hasn't it? I think so. It's not as bad this season, I think, because they've played a lot of mid- midweek qualifying rounds, haven't they, I think, to fit them all in this year. Yeah, yeah. So, so they haven't been quite as disrupted. But um, their route to the first round has involved four games, starting with the first qualifying round. They beat Margate 2-1 in that game away from home. Bogdan Regis Town 5-0 at home. Chipstead they drew 0-0 with but won 4-2 on penalties at home. And then Wilston 2-0 away from home. Wilston was a bit of a shock result that wasn't it really because they're, they're in the conference aren't they now? Yeah, a good Wils- friend of ours Wils- works there doesn't he? Yeah, uh, Wilston are a, a conference team after winning the conference south last year and uh, a friend of ours Tony Woff is actually kit man at uh, Wildstone, so it's uh, he'll he'll have been gutted when he saw the uh, the draw come out. Yeah, I think that was uh, one that would uh, really upset him. That I think he'd have loved to uh, come back for a game. And um, their manager is Paul Hughes. Now you hear that name, you might actually recognise him, won't you, Dan? Because um, he's been in sole charge since twenty seventeen. He was previously joint manager with Richie Hanlon, I think it was. I think is another name I re- recognise. Some I think I recognise him from Football Manager at some point. I think I've signed. Yeah. Him. So Paul actually started his career at Chelsea, and he also played for Luton and Southampton in his career. Uh, he was given his debut by Glenn Hoddle at Chelsea. <laughs> so it just shows, you know, how far back he goes. Uh, he's actually done a pretty good job at uh, Hazen, doesn't he? I think I had a look at their record. When he first came in, I think they had been relegated and they missed out on the playoffs in his first season charge, but they finished the 18-19 season as champions of the Ismian South Central Division. I think they've been moved. They're one of those clubs, I think, that get shifted about, don't they, between the various regional leagues just because of the position of where they are. Yeah, yeah. There's quite a lot of sort of edge of London teams depending if they go up or down they can they can often get moved sideways etc yeah um, so yeah he's done a great job there to be fair in him and they don't get massive crowds I think you you were saying this to me I think there's only a few hundred I think they similar level to Workington get don't they yeah yeah they're not they're not known for being I think that was part of the part of the reason why the two teams actually formed together because yeah both just didn't get many fans. Yeah, I think I've, when I was reading about the Yedding playing against Newcastle, I hope it's Yedding. If, if it's Hazing, I'll look really stupid. Here, no, it was Yedding. Yeah, it was Yedding. I've, 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 I've looked up as we're talking. <laughs> Good. Yeah, because yeah, I think they moved it. I mean, cause they only get like, I think they were only getting about 200 fans for their games back then. So probably does tell you a lot. I mean, it's one of those ones in it. Everyone around there just spots Chelsea, QPR or probably Brentford now a push maybe. Yeah, so yeah. it's difficult for team, little non-league teams around there. I haven't really been able to find out much about their squad because it's one of these things, isn't it? Than that clubs around there they have a big turnover of players don't they so they're yeah, yeah. Settled, there's, they? there's, there's almost a circuit that uh, players sort of come and go quite a lot yeah I mean having a quick look through this squad um, there's a couple of players I do recognise the name of though um, the one that stands out is Scott Donnelly who's a right winger who I remember him from Swansea City I think he was that wasn't he I think he's been around the block a bit he's been a cute uh, couple of other clubs on loan. I think Aldershot spent some time there. They've got uh, a lad, I think, from Leicester City's under-23s, Keegan, Keenan King. So he must be one who's had a bit of ability in his past. But if you look at the players where they've signed players for, from, they signed a lad from Wilston, for instance, there. Uh, there's a, a couple of... Basically, they sign players from all the non-league circuit clubs down there. Down yeah, there. yeah, yeah. Players from Farnborough and Dunstable yeah. Town and... Made in United. You'll you'll find that a lot of these these players all have the same CV, just in different order. Yeah, so they just basically work around these clubs, don't they? And you know, like I said, they seem to be doing okay in the league so far this season. So they've only lost one game, so it's not going to be a pushover by any sense. But it's a game we really should be looking to win. Yeah, I think. think Just uh, I've just been googling while we've been talking and going back to uh, Park, the Korean. 
seemingly when he finished his career back home, he came over to England to study. Oh, so he'd been and, at university and he just fought and played yeah, for football, yeah. I, yeah, I think uh, I've, I found some mention of him in a match report against, I think it's Colchester, and apparently it was something to do with Spurs as well. Oh, there you go. So whether someone, someone knew someone, and maybe he had a trial at Spurs and then didn't work out for him, so they said, "Oh, well, like you can go and yeah, play for yeah. them." Maybe, yeah, yeah, interesting one. They've got no ex-United players in their current squad, but they've had a few. Surprisingly, yeah, not really surprising. It's one of those ones, isn't it? You, like I said, they just yeah. pick players on the non-league circuit in London, but they have had a couple, though, haven't they? So obviously, we mentioned previously Joanne Yince. I think he did. He finish his career there, actually. I think. His last club he played for, possibly, but um, yeah, John Yint is one of those ones, isn't he? He, he? he should have done so much better with his talent, shouldn't he? He made a bit of a mistake leaving us, didn't he? Yeah, to yeah. go to to Charlton, and if he'd stayed with us, maybe he might have, you know, played another season. He could have got an even bigger move than going to Charlton, because um, I mean, we played him as a striker. He never really played there, had he before? He played as a winger, and he got thirteen goals in forty-seven appearances after signing permanently. So. You know, he clearly had ability. Um, but yeah, it looks like the last club he played for was Hazen Yedding. And he only played five games there. It's a bit of a shame. Other players who played for them, um, our current goalkeeper, uh, second choice keeper, or third choice, depending on the way Howard Beach is feeling this week, um, Magnus Norman, he had a spell there, didn't he? I think he only played two games and picked up an injury and never played again for them. So, And here's a built-in one that I found out. Uh, a name that you might remember, Dan, Trilis. Last yeah. day, Dumbaxi. Uh, who's Formerly of the Spurs he, Academy. To- I was going to say Tottenham, wasn't he? Tottenham. I think he had a trial, I think it was it 2015, 16. I think, because I remember we went to Blythe, didn't we? And I think I think he played at Blythe, didn't he, in that game, that pre-season friendly there? I've just remembered why his name's so familiar. He got sacked for bringing a machete to training the other <laughs> that, year, didn't he? That, that was the one. I knew there was something there. Yeah, He'd done yeah, something. But, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so. I, I think it was one of the, the North London non-league teams, maybe Hendon or someone. Someone like that, and yeah. he, he turned up for training with a machete. <laughs> yeah. As Where you do. As you do, yeah. 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 I'm sure, you know, bring, bring yourself a samurai sword for training next time, maybe, instead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bit odd. But yes, I think that sums up the ex-player thing. So let's get on then to the team news. Um, obviously, I'm not going to be able to find anything about their team news. Let's not even try and pretend we know what team oh. they're going to pick. Um, in terms of United, there's nothing new, is there? Obviously, Dickinson and Walker are still out until the new year uh, Dixon again just just a case of just building his fitness up and it's, it's yeah. tough for him really it's, it's going to be tough for him to get in the team really it's, it's a real shame yeah. um, do you think Beach will make a few changes this game? Sure uh, it makes sense doesn't it but does he want to disrupt the rhythm of the team? Possibly could, not. Could, could it be one of those where if we start strongly and put the game to bed by half time we can then bring three on for the half, maybe? Possibly. I think he might make a couple of changes. Yeah, maybe. yeah. I mean, the thing that stands out for me is the fact that if he rests players, then potentially they're getting 10 days rest before the Cheltenham game. And then we've obviously got the EFL trophy game, but that doesn't matter. He'll play a, I'm sure he'll play a week inside for that. Well, both teams are out as well, aren't exactly, they? Exactly, so it makes no difference. Uh, yeah. makes no difference. Um, but then after that, I think we've got another run, haven't we, of Saturday, Tuesdays, I think. So we've got yeah, yeah. Saturday against Crawley, then a Tuesday against Tranmere, followed by potentially a second round game, a Tuesday against Salford, a Saturday against Bradford, and then obviously a week off, and then a Saturday against Stevenage, and a Tuesday against Mansfield. So it's a busy period coming up, so it, it might be the best chance we get to give some of these players a rest ahead of that game, wouldn't it? And yeah, yeah. You'd imagine maybe Amari Patrick needs to get some minutes into his legs as well. So do you maybe rest Alessandra or Coyote? I mean, Coyote's yeah. probably going to go on international duty well, anyway. So. Would, uh, also, will Rotherham let us play Coyote? Good question. He is down for the whole season. There is an option for them to recall him. Yeah. Um, can I see them recalling him this season? Probably not. No. After ways. He played in the League Cup, didn't he? But then again, that... That's over pretty much before yeah, yeah. Christmas, isn't it? So no point in stopping a player playing in that, is there? It will be interesting if he makes any changes. I mean, and, and it... also, also you mentioned the Cheltenham game. We could end up with three uh, call-ups, couldn't we? Because we know Thurman's been called up, yeah. and we expect Coyote and Dewhurst again. There's another name we've heard mentioned, isn't there? Yeah, and there's also Jack Armour may possibly end up playing for one of the Scottish under 
I would say it'd be twenties or nineteens. Yeah, I think he's still nineteen, isn't he? So yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, if if we had four, would we? Do you stick or twist? You know, because they're not really apart from Kaodi. You know, Furman's on the bench. Dewhurst hasn't featured. Armour hasn't really. You know, do you? Do you stick or twist there? You know, do you take the call? Do you take the the postponement or do you just play on? I'd be tempted to play on, to be honest. Against a team like Cheltenham, there's a part of me that thinks maybe you, maybe you do take the postponement because Coyote is such a vital player to us, isn't he? So yeah, that, that's that's the one that worries you, obviously, because I mean, you can live without Dewhurst because you've got Norman to back up. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see if he makes a change. I I I think Patrick might feature. That's my prediction. I think he might give Furman a run out as well, based on the fact that he's going away on international duty anyway. And I imagine he might have to quarantine a little bit when he comes back, so potentially you lose him for a little bit longer. Um, so it makes sense to get some minutes into it at the very least. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see if there is any quarantine regarding him, because obviously the players who go to Europe are sort of, you know, they're, 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 they're pretty much exempt, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, so it should be all right, that, I think. Yeah, so predictions for this one, Dan? It'll be no surprise to say that I'm not going to go for the draw this week. Uh, a solid 3-0 win for us. You reckon? I, yeah. You know what? I'm going to go even more confident. I'm going to say we're going to go in 5-0. And I'm going to go for Riley to Riley and Keodi to get their goals and an Aaron Hayden header from a corner. Oh, well, I'm going to go for my three, for my five, sorry. I reckon... Patrick will get a goal because I think he'll play. I think Callum Guy will finally get his goal. And I'm going to go Gavin Riley hat trick. That's a, yes. I've got confidence. I think one thing is, I think in a game like this, once he gets one goal, he's going to get a, yeah, a yeah. few. That, that's, that's my feeling. We are going to look absolutely stupid uh, next week when we do our <laughs> challenge game. When we've lost 2 1. What a bunch of cocky b- you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So, yeah. So that's the. Preview for the Hazen Jennings game. As we mentioned before, this game can be watched live for free on the BBC iPlayer um, or on the BBC website. Or if you haven't really got the time and you'd rather see all the goals coming from all the other games played at the same time, you watch it on BBC Final Score. On I think it'll be BBC One or BBC Two. I'm not sure which one it's on. Uh, but that'll be about midday-ish, I think, that'll be kicking off. So yeah. game kicks off at, on Sunday, 12.45, so don't miss that one. Okay, so let's do the X-Files round of Danks. Let's try to belt through this one quickly because there is a lot to round up, isn't there? Yeah, in terms uh, of goals, goals galore. You goals galore. Uh, goals for Hallam Hope, Elliot Watt, Charlie Wyke again, Richie Bennett, Callum O'Hare, Brad Potts and Jack Iredale. And Iredale was also fouled for their second from the penalty spot. He's having a cracking run, isn't he, at Cambridge? I think he's yeah, yeah, well he's there. playing well. But you know yeah. what? I, I don't think he's a particularly bad player. I think Beach wanted to play a particular way was an opportunity to sign Anderton, who we obviously knew from the past. And I think he was at Rochdale for a brief while, wasn't he? I think possibly with him. I think he knew Anderton. I think he knew what he was going to get from him. And I think he's forced, but probably I can't really afford to have someone like Iredale as a backup. Really, when you can, when he could sign a young lad like Armour, he'll be happy to probably be on the bench for a bit more than Iredale would. So it's one of those ones of Iredale. I imagine it's not so much that he's a bad player. It's just can you really afford to have? I think Anderton's probably is a better player personally. Um, but having a player who's not too far behind in quality sitting on the bench waiting to be yeah. used, I don't think you can really, can you? So I think it, I think it's testament to how well he's done that. I think he's not a bad player, is he really? He's settled in well yeah. there. Good luck to the lad. Yeah. Um, uh, next up, Dean Henderson made his Champions League debut for Manchester United. I think I need a ching uh, sound effect now, don't I? I'm yeah, they, uh, they got beat 2-1 to Istanbul Basak Sia here. And a great little fact that you found I, I was, love this one. This is brilliant. Is the first English goalkeeper to play in the Champions no, League. No, no, to make a save in the Champions League. Sorry, to make a save in the Champions League since Kyle Walker of <laughs> Manchester City. Uh, he ended up in goal, didn't he? After Two or three years ago, I think it was, not it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Someone got sent but that, that was a brilliant little obscure fact. Amazing stuff. But yeah... Obviously, we don't know if there's a Champions League clause. I'd, I'd be surprised if there wasn't because it's one of the... You say, you're selling him to a club like Man United. You know they're going to be in yeah, Champions League yeah, season. season. Yeah. You want to rinse them for every penny you've got. Yeah. I'm sure we would have put something in there. Um, uh, this this speaking, one's one that we miss. Yeah, we? speaking of keepers again, James Trafford, who not many people will know about, but he's a, a young goalkeeper at Man City who 
similar to Henderson, sort of came through our age group. West Cumbrian lad, he's from Grayson near Cockermouth. And uh, he was on the bench against Sheffield United last weekend, and he's, I think he's only 18 years old, isn't he? Yeah. Well, they took him out because he played in the FA Youth Cup semi-final, I think, for City. Yeah. Because they were played at St George's Park, weren't they, against um, Blackburn. And then they took him out of the squad, and you couldn't play in the final because he was on the bench for the first team on the Saturday, and then on the Monday they couldn't afford to play the FA Youth Cup game because he might have been needed for the Champions League game. I think he wasn't used in the end for the Champions League squad, possibly. I yeah. can't remember. But no, fair play to lad. I'm not sure we get any money for him being on the bench, but we we definitely have a deal for him going there. I think this one is EPP based, so you maybe don't get yeah, maybe as not much quite money not the level that we get for Dean Henderson. But well done, lad. It's incredible that we how many good goalkeepers Cumbria produces and United, especially, isn't it? Especially really? out west as well. Oh yeah, I mean, well, pretty much all of them are from out west, aren't they? When you look back at it, it's it's. it's it's strange, and maybe yeah. it's the, the whole rugby league background as well. I think, isn't it? And being able to you know kick a ball long and throw it, yeah, and yeah. Like that. so maybe that's got something to do with it. Um, and this is one that Mike spotted for us, isn't it? Uh, the former player retiring this week, yeah, yeah, uh, former right back and son of a former manager, James Pearson, uh, has apparently retired from the game due to injury. Let's make no comments about where he might be going to retire to, Dan. I think we'll, no. we'll, leave, we'll leave everyone else to Google what he got up to in the past of it. But I just thought he was quite a solid player, actually, when we signed him. I thought he looked, looked pretty decent. I was a bit surprised we didn't try and get him permanently, but I think it was Curl brought him on loan, wasn't it? Uh, for what I yeah, remember. yeah. But he just wasn't interested in bringing him. I mean, we signed Tom Miller instead, and better turned out to be a pretty decent player for us, so yeah. no complaints there. I think that's it, Dan. I think we've... Uh, Bumper episode this week, isn't it? We've tried to keep them short recently, but we've yeah, had a lot yeah. of interesting chat about the FA Cup. Um, yeah, but with, with it being a Sunday, you've got longer to listen to us in the build-up. Exactly, exactly that. So yeah, thanks for joining me. Really appreciate you coming along. Um, so obviously, in terms of specials, I am still putting together the 0506 ones that I did with Mike. Yeah, um, and we've, fi- we've finally got most of the uh, the matter for the kit one sorted today. Well, we're going to record that next week, hopefully. Yeah. I think I'm going to look to get that finalised in the next few days. Um, so yeah if you've got any feedback or comments that you'd like to leave us you can do it through the usual channel so on Twitter that's at Brunton Bugle and by email to bruntonbugle at gmail.com and if you haven't already remember you can subscribe we are available on pretty much all good podcast apps so Apple, Spotify, uh, Google, uh, Acast anything like that just search for Brunton Bugle subscribe and if you can give us a review give us a five stars if you can or something like that Uh, really really do appreciate that do you want to know the math? Come on, update? come on, let's come have on. an update. So, the last episode, did you listen to it, Dan? Because we had a we had a new player into the game. I've not listened to the last couple of minutes. Someone uh, came up. I think my phone rang and it cut out. Switzerland has joined the oh. joined the game. So there you go. We've, we've had a repeat listening in Switzerland. Actually, they've had two listens now. So oh. clearly enjoyed the first time. Uh, there's no new ones that we haven't had before, but there's one that's re-emerged that hasn't been on for a while. That's Kenya. So the Ken the Kenyan blue. Please get in again. touch. It's Nairobi based. So. Must be yes. someone out there listening to the blue. So, thanks again, and all the usual ones are still in there. You know the big countries. Yeah, so, yeah. so thanks everyone for listening. Um, Dan, I think the next episode, I think regular episode, is going to be the. Uh, I'm trying to think ahead now. It'll probably be looking ahead to the Cheltenham game. Yeah, next week, isn't it? So we, no we actually there. have a midweek off, don't we? We do, and then obviously the week after that again, it won't be until the next uh, Saturday game because we're not going to be doing one for that. Uh, Papa John's nonsense. No, we'll be washing our hair yeah. and stuff at night. So. Exactly that, Dan. So, thanks again for joining me. Uh, really appreciate it. Thanks everyone for listening and up the blues. Up the blues. Up the blues.